Ready? Aim! There's too many! Anyone see my mammoth? Oh! Stumpy! Hello! I'm back. This man's I'm back. back. Yeah. Uh, it's Monday, right? It's Monday. Uh, it's another tourney ground. Um, uh, we've got so many interesting things to talk about uh, this week. <laughs> You'll have to fill me in. You'll have to fill me in. I've been literally in the middle of nowhere camping and trekking through Yosemite, so uh, I am uh, in uh, in a bit of a black hole. Have you uh, you've been playing much? Much of Songwise and Fire against the Yosemites, or however you pronounce it, I don't know. Uh... No, um, Carl, me and Carl almost managed to link up in San Diego, but uh, it didn't quite happen, uh, <sighs> so I didn't do any song stuff this time. Um, Carl says there's no audio, Mickey. I'm 90% sure that's just Carl. <laughs> if anybody else can hear, then let us know. Yeah. Um... I'm 90% sure that's just Carl. I say that because it's I've, it's showing on my end, and that's uh, <laughs> refresh. Yeah, Mikel's saying refresh. You see, so there we go. Uh, is there is uh, McDonald in the chat? Uh huh. Um, oh, Fraser, I haven't spoken to Fraser in years. Uh, um, right, I I have to apologise because I am actually on the tail end of a 36-hour day flying from San Francisco back to the UK. So I, I got up on Saturday morning, California time, and I haven't been to sleep since. So. Good work. Um, and how, how, yeah. long have you been, how long have you been home now, Carlo, before Tony Grant? Uh, I got home about 40 minutes ago, I think. Yeah, <laughs> had, uh, this is a second cup of tea, and here we go. Let's talk about some song. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, I, because I didn't know if he'd be back today, and I thought, fuck it, I'll do it alone. And so I sent him a message during my lunch break, being like, "Are you back tonight?" And he literally sent me an hour, like a message, three or four hours later, being like, "I'm on the plane to Newcastle now." <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, obviously, Grace by his presence. Well, I had to come on so that Miggy didn't tell everybody, spend the next two hours telling everybody how he masterfully won a tournament where he's. Two, three hundred higher rated than everybody else in the event Mate. by using the best thing in the game. Well done, nice one. Well done. I literally work, wasn't going to do that. Um, I was going to talk about the event, of course, uh, but not, but not because of that, but because of other things uh, that I'll talk about soon. Uh, TM. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to have you back, obviously. Um, and that means for anybody who's got problems with the site, they may now be fixed. And I use that may very loosely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. Um, and that will mean as well, uh, I know that um, Carl, you know, shout out to yourself, uh, the stuff for Las Vegas Open, uh, that will all get sorted now. Um, and also I've got a couple of other things for various different players uh, from, I think, Germany and things like that, uh, banners and stuff that they want up on the main site. So that'll all get sorted this week as well, hopefully. Um, so yeah, uh, on see, we'll that... see some early Martel stats as well. I mean, I haven't I haven't been able to run the uh, August numbers yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see we'll see what August has in store for us. See see what the early early Martel indicators are. They seem positive. Like you know that they're, they're up. They're they're greater than zero. Mm -hmm. We haven't had a, Martel... 
lot of time to yeah, talk about them, probably right? Probably be a real force to be reckoned with when they get when they get some more units out mm -hmm. because they already seem to be causing people some problems. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I um, I know that Jacob, uh, you know, Jacob is now up in second place uh, on the stats, um, and that is off the back of basically rinsing the shit out of Martels while they're ranked low. Um, he genuinely thinks that they are one of the best, if not the best faction, um, uh, coming out of the starter gates, you know. Um, so yeah, I know Jacob's been playing a lot of uh, Martels. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Martels are looking, looking pretty good. Uh, we'll probably talk about them later on a little bit. Um, but first things first, Carlo, over the last couple of weeks, you've missed some truly amazing news. Yeah. What? Um, the only piece of news which I guess you missed was uh, Adam Lavelle kind of becoming the head of Song Lights and Fire, basically from a community standpoint. Um, yeah. Was there any comments you wanted to make on that? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I hope change will happen. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it will be a good thing. Uh, well, obviously, uh, myself and Carlo don't deal with anyone in Zemon really, but you know we know Chris, and Chris has been dealing with um, Adam on behalf of the LGT, right? And Adam's has seemed responsive to Chris. Um, so it's a positive thing positive thing um outside of that literally nothing has happened in the last week uh in terms of news if i was on ice and fire um oh that was it did you see the other piece of news the names of the things that might be coming out no this is for genuine news maybe this, this was last week's news it was last week's news that we covered last week with kurt who's a much much better co-caster um <laughs> uh we will run through it because I think if you've not seen them, and I know people on here will have seen them before, but I want your, you know, very insightful um, is and this, amazing. Is this English names or are these translated names? Uh, yes. <laughs> They're both in French, translated to English, and uh, and in Australian, so foreign still, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think Australians have their own language, but let's go with it. So we've got, um, and it will lead into what we're going to talk about. We've got Frozen Shore Hunters, which on the Australian site called Frozen Shore Hunters, on the French website they were, um, uh, where are they? Duh, 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 duh. Blackfoot Raiders. People are thinking a ranged unit for Free Folk is the kind of like thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does that come? That that that's the only one that doesn't come with art. Yeah, 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 it's oh. the new, a new book. No, uh, no I'm sorry, the, the, all the new ones have no art. Yeah, which right. is why they're new. Oh, um, okay. So we yeah. have nothing else about them. Just a name. Um, free folk, not excited. Yep, thought you'd say that. <laughs> uh, what else we got? This is uh, this is page two. I'm going to have to go through in a bit of a random order. Uh, Night's Watch, you'll be glad to know, got jack shit. Um, Lannisters, you'll be glad to know, get jack shit. Um... Cranagman Bog Devils for Starks. Uh, that could be cool. Yeah, yeah, I feel like um, more more Cranag stuff uh, to flesh out, flesh that out. 
uh, Umber and Mormont have been, you know, getting a fair bit of love, but Kranigs feels feels a bit unexplored. Mm-hmm. Other than you end up with a Kranig keyword all over the place because of like because <laughs> because they have multiple characters that infer it, even though like you know there are very few characters that infer Tully or yeah. Umber, etc. It's weird. Yeah. T- Tully's a weird one because it's one character and two units, and Kranig is one character, uh, one unit and three characters. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, uh, no, that's good. I'm I'm happy with that, and I quite like the Kranig playstyle. You know, when I talk about nine activation Starks, it's heavily based around Kranigs. I like Howland yeah. as a commander. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Can I say that? It feel really weird. I like Kran- uh, Howland as a commander. This is like throwbacks to 1.6 nightmares. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I like him when he's not the number one dominant thing in the game. Yeah, fair enough. That's that's fair. Uh, we still have no record of uh, Brathian Hero 3 and 4. Um, I was speaking to Gav at the weekend at Redka. He doesn't know. He's not heard anything about them on the horizon. Um, Martels, uh, they have these three names that we've been given. Starfall Knights, Starfall Outriders, and June Vipers. Um, cool, cool, and cool. Yeah, pretty much. Um, pretty much. Uh, and house outriders oh, well. maybe I'm, I'm thinking thinking bow cavalry right um maybe more yeah i mean like there are stark out are they called stark outriders the stark outriders and they're melee yeah and there's there's the dothraki outriders which are, are ranged which are ranged um could go either way what are the uh what, what are the two night watch called they're called vanguard and they're called trackers trackers yeah i'd say i'd say i i think i think they i think they'd really fit a track a night's watch tracker style unit actually i mean you could you could pluck night's watch six point trackers with mark target and just dump them straight into martels and it'd be a great fit mm-hmm. uh we'll see what they are uh june vipers are a spear and net unit spoken this, about at gamma this was yeah, the unit that was revealed right. at gamma that was meant to be in the starter box and then it got changed out for what was called the vipers guard which aren't the vipers guard they're the dervishes um as we know them so uh off all nights um be pretty interested to see i guess what where they come out as knights feels up at knights of the castle rock Tully Cavalier. Tully Cavalier's end, yeah. as opposed to down at the, um, you know, like High Garden Lancer end, you know what I mean? We're assuming they're mounted, right? Some people saying they're more like Rose Knights or something, could be foot troops. I'd like to think they're heavy knights. I'd like to see a Martel heavy knight coming yeah, out early. I'd hope they're cavalry. But... Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, Carlo, uh, just so Marwin is slightly more depressed on a Monday. Uh, what? Where? Where is Starfall? Uh, ooh. So I do know Starfall um, because it's on um, it's on the second uh, second edition Game of Thrones board game. Um, <laughs> it's either when when you've got the bit at the bottom, uh-huh. it might be the bit that's over by over by High Garden, or it might be this bit. It's one of these two ends, I'm sure. Um, okay. And, and and it's quite it's quite significant. It's one of the few keeps in the south. Um, but Dawn doesn't really get played. 
Yeah, in the game, yeah. <laughs> Dawn is the Dawn is the sixth player that gets added to the game, so he doesn't really get involved. It's nearly always AI run. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've never managed to actually get six people to sit and play uh, the second edition game. But yeah, I guess most of my geography actually comes from mm-hmm. the board game by Fancy Flight. Well, you've played the card game though as well, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I mean uh, the uh, well, Edge Lord himself, Edge Lord Maximus of uh, of Westeros, uh, Dark, the Dark Dark Star, is uh, is from Starfall. Uh, he is the Lord. So uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen him played in the card game or not? No. Oh, no. Uh, oh, you're missing out. I am. Um, I'm really stretching my memory now. Yeah, I, Martels are Martels are in the card game. There's eight factions in the card game. I swear they are. They must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they are. I've I've never really played as them or against them though. Oh. The um, you'll love them. It's basically Carlo, um, like going through his like eighteen, nineteen years, um, but like then stretched to be like forty years old. So. Perma emo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Perma emo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Paul says, "Who's the stranger on the left?" And you guess speaker. Yes, Paul. Uh, this is Philip. He's here from Canada. Uh, in a replacement of Ariakas. <laughs> no, uh, Carlo's back. Um... No, I think uh, yeah, like a like a a second wave release um, really will just propel Martels um, into having more options, being a really tough faction. Obviously, Hero Box Two is what will kind of like make or break the faction long term. Mm-hmm in terms of like really competitive play probably but right now they've already got they've got a great deck they've got some good options I, I, I see some people pretty reliant on like double flayed men which is sad you know you don't want that but like that is that's the fate of a lot of factions anyway mm-hmm. never mind new ones so yeah like new factions not having the full unit roster and hopefully i would like starfall knight kind of fill that role even if they just filled that same role but better like would be better than just seeing double flayed men double flayed men with like set for charge and a load of uh, a load of fuck you cards that exist in the martel deck mm-hmm. are all uh, a really tough proposition actually at the moment it seems mm-hmm. um on the subject of martels before we talk about them a little bit later um uh, Gav at Gaming Figures in Redka um, is the store owner there. Uh, lovely bloke. If anyone gets a chance to pop down and see him and, and spend time at the store, please do. He's absolutely lovely. Um, but Gav, uh, I asked Gav, you know, when do you, when do you think Martels are likely to land? What what are your kind of impressions? And I I basically said to him, I don't expect them this year. And Gav Gav seemed actually pretty optimistic and said, No, he thinks they'll they'll be out here before Christmas. That's his kind of take on it at the moment where he stands and you know he is a distributor uh it is a store that purchases the game so don't take that as verbal gospel or anything like that in the same way you shouldn't take anything that we say as gospel um but he seems fairly confident that they'll be out (laughs) praise praise the praise the stats um uh yeah which i mean if you're in the uk uh and that's the kind of like news you're getting um, and that seems to be a prevalent kind of thing. That I think that's a good thing, you know, um, later than expected, but not not in time for the LGT. Yes, not in time for the LGT. But you know what? I'm not unim- like I'm not going to sit here and no, rinse I, I, them for this I, I would have been really surprised if it was. Yeah. 
uh, particularly like um, when when it was so such a minimal showing um, at Gen Con. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't even like really revealed in any significant way at Gen Con. Uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So Stephen in the US, Stephen Newhouse stovetop saying uh, end of October for the people in the US is what he's heard. This is all positive. Um, I will be honest. I know that they've technically missed a release date of Q3, but I'm not going to lie. If they get it out this year, I'm I'm content with that. You know, um, uh, at this point, I've gone. Do you know what is genuinely like funny and weird though yeah. is that um, basically until you said it, I forgot that they weren't released. Yeah, because. And, and and by the time that they come in three months' time, four months' time, whatever it is, even when they like hit their actual expected date, people will have played them so much. Like there literally will be like it may be even like a thousand submitted results on the site with them by that time. Uh, and I I don't know how Simon should feel about that. <laughs> I don't know whether or not they should be happy that about the the faction already being like fully explored and like all the optimal builds being like already done before anybody has models in their hand. Um, hey, it'll help sell shit, right? <laughs> uh, in theory, if it's good, it'll, it'll sell shit. Um, the next one up, next one up, we'll go to Targs because Carlo, I know you've been uh, dabbling in the old Targs. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Bra- brazen beasts um the the pit fighters uh from marine oh, and the other okay. free state cities I was, I was i was literally trying to work out what beasts they would be more like um you know uh, hurricars mm-hmm. uh i know like, that's, that's cool yeah um i I'm uninterested in Targs in the way that, like, as they say, their faction identity is just, like, sporadic things that aren't really connected. Yeah. That, that like, doesn't really do it for me. So, uh, yeah. No cell there, then. Uh, we've got Lysini swords. We believe it's meant to be Lysini. It's Lysendi on all of the stuff we've seen. But the city is called Lys... And you'd refer to them as Lysinis. So, uh, Lysini swords, Neutral unit. Another neutral, presumably melee only, mid point range unit. It's feeling like quite a clustered space. Internally and externally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even, yeah, within the neutrals themselves, you're, you know, we're already talking. What are we talking? We're talking cutthroats, stonker mercenaries, um, Bolton blackguard. Uh, at six, so, so those blood, two are at five, blood, obviously, blood, yeah. with the adaptive coming in at six. We've got the Blackguard and we've got the Bloody Mummers, yeah. Um, coming in at seven, we have the um, Swordsman, uh, the new Golden, Golden Company. Company, yeah, and the Dervishes, and and yeah, sorry, yes, Stonker Dervishes as well, yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know where, I, like, and if they're coming in at eight, you're thinking. Eight eight point infantry that's dead on arrival. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, you probably don't need to see the stats unless it unless it comes with with, with relentless. You're like, well, what's the point? Um, 
generally speaking. Mm. And so we're now tripling up on probably a melee only unit at six in, in that awesome. point range. Yeah. Um, unless unless the 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 fabled four point uh, four point infantry melee fodder that everybody wants, but like no. No, it's not going to be. Surely not. Surely. If it is, uh, rip the game and all the balance because everything just suddenly got very different. Yeah, um, I think they, like, things will change massively. Uh, and I'm getting roasted in chat by seeing people. They're not. Uh, they're not technically pit fighters. They are the uh, city watch of marine. Um, they wear beast masks though, right? Uh, because they don't want to be. They don't want their identities to be revealed because they other get like they get like garroted and killed by uh, the sons of the harpy when they do all their n nighttime murders um and desmond says eight point infantry unit versus flayed men that's a lost fight yes and so arthur dane uh who i've not heard from in a long while uh lgt last year is i think uh, if it's the same person yeah um, man where's where's where's, where's, brotherhood? where's the brotherhood? i i mean we had the Viper. The Viper's finally coming out. I think everyone's like, hype, hype, hype. It's the Viper. Um, you know, he's probably outside of, like, John, maybe Rob, um, to some extent, like, Mance, maybe he's um, uh, Drogo, Danny, um, Randy Stannis. Everyone cares about Mance. No, but, like, as a commander, like, these are characters from the books that people are like, oh, he'd be cool as a commander kind of thing. I don't think anyone was like that impressed where they were like, oh, great John Commander. They'd be like, oh, great John, he's a commander, cool. Um, people still, I think, I think people like looking at most of those main characters, right? Eddard, uh, obviously. Uh, mounted Stannis. Mounted Stannis. Jamie. Yeah. Come on, where are they? Yeah, yeah. Mounted Like everyone just fucking loves Jamie anyway. Mounted Jamie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. Um, mounted Mount Jamie's missed his chance. Mounted Stannis is coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Dennis is coming. Uh, again, more on that later. Um, uh, Pod, you know, why is Pod not in the game? Beric, Thor Beric, Thoros are the two characters left now of, like, the main book and uh, TV series as well that are kind of, like, really just not represented at all. Um, yeah. I can't think of any major roles within the TV series that aren't represented outside of Pod and those two. Um Hmm? Mounted pod. Mounted pod. Um, mounted Rob, maybe. Uh, uh, mounted Loras, yeah, maybe. Jousting Loras. Um, I, I tell you, this, the only other ca character technically who was like a major part was uh, Miss Ande in the TV series mm. and the books, and she's obviously coming out in Targs 3. So, um, yeah, those are the only ones I can think of. Hot Pie. No. Gendry? Gendry. Yeah, maybe. Bit of a nobody. Yeah, but like Gendry, Gendry fills the role of like twenty unnamed bastards. <laughs> in in the TV shows, yeah. Um, all right, so we've done Starks, uh, we've done all the others. I think the only other thing was so that was it. Yeah, that was it. So those those things there, randomly appearing on some predate lists and things like that. Is that uh that got you a little bit excited? Something post Martel. So what are we talking? We're talking uh, a triple Martel release, uh, a neutral, a neutral box, a Targ box, yep, a Stark box, yep. I know, on a free folk box. I want a free folk box. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sounds fair. Sounds like a quarterly release. Um. I would love it to be quarter four, but probably quarter one, right? 
yeah most likely quarter four to quarter one next year um is the kind of thought process with martels being q3 q4 this year you think um all right then so i said we talk about some stuff we talked about some stuff um i'm going to talk briefly about red car first and get this out of the way and done um red car was great obviously uh, kudos to uh harbo adam uh who's running it on the day um great event i really enjoyed myself um you know it's the dmg guys as carlo can attest to and they're all lovely guys the venue it's the same venue we played in last time as well carlo a lovely little venue upstairs mm-hmm. uh, above the store um chilled atmosphere there was no time like it didn't feel time pressured kind of thing it was just kind of like you play your game you move on whatever mickey says but i mean i had a sneaky look at the results and i'm pretty sure you played a game that was like three three or four four, four or something four, like that four four so um, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we'll we'll talk about that in a second um <laughs> there was uh so yeah uh i played against harbo himself round one uh and that was fun um harbo's a lovely guy uh and it was nice to finally play up against him in an event uh and he did adopt his yolo down the mid strategy and he rolled a one for a charge when he needed a two and it lost him the game <laughs> and uh and and, and and that was basically it um, was he was he playing great joys he was playing great joys yeah and oh my god like it's not a good list right i i personally don't think it's a good list but kudos kudos to him uh he ran euron in reapers uh he ran asher in the bowman he ran jack or, or attachment euron commander euron commander euron okay yeah that's um, slightly better he ran Jacken in Silence Men and finished it off with a Vic Reavers classic combo. Um, and he ran Balon uh, NCU, running effectively a list that works without Greyjoy Box Hero 2, right? Which is, of course, the limitation on the LGT. Um, yeah. I like it because I like Reapers as a unit. I want to make them work. I think they can be fun to work and I like their mechanically how they work, but they are bad. <laughs> like they are a bad unit but i like them right i can like a bad thing i think that's fine so i like the list even though it wasn't the best and um and yeah the uh the silence men kind of charged into nothing and and, and then everything died um yeah that'd, that'd be that game uh, i played um one of the other guys from uh dead meta my second game uh yes uh anchors uh, down there um who is relatively newer to the game um and uh he played his lannisters double flayed men list more on double cavalry bruce. again bruce, bruce lannisters bruce. with okay. double flayed men glory seeker uh this double heavy mm. cav style thing that we're seeing more and more and more he's running it in lannister um and uh mag eight people yeah, true. And that was game. That sounds like sounds like a shit double champions of the, uh, double champions of the stack. Also, not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, not gonna lie, right? This is where I started to appreciate Varamir as a commander more, where I wasn't appreciating him as much more. Uh, the wolf pack and Varamir, we deploy them on the start of the board, right? Um, the wolf pack's piece of shit in terms of damage output, piece of crap, right? You don't care about it. Uh, but the turning off abilities is really good. Now, the problem is against Lannisters, right? Those flayed men come in and they charge. And you only have to be on, like, one or two wounds. 
and all of a sudden you don't need the wolf to turn off abilities and you draw the bonded command card uh, and that is oh right well my wolf activates and varamir gets to do an action and so it was activate varamir move into the side with cav move charge flank of flayed men he does something something that's i'm out activate him right he can't do anything impactful to that part of the board and the next activation i do wolf pack activate bonded command varamir will attack again and two four dice attacks on threes with sundering and vicious in the flank of a unit set up with Warcry and things like this is this is dead unit territory right um two fail panic tests like and you lose one unit and you're running a seven activation list and things fall apart right and and shane shane that's exactly what happened he, he brought the other unit of flayed men in they killed magoff but it, they'd lost themselves basically in the process it was dance of dragons like his list wants to sit on the tokens and hold them and kind of just stand there and i have the battering rams to deal with it like i i'm not going to sit here and say that shane played badly i think shane didn't really have much hope in hell of winning in the list matchup um he needed the flayed men to come in and just one shot stuff uh and that's be that but i did have a newfound respect for varamir that game um i then played uh sam sam uh shaw who i believe you played a long time ago carlo back at board and drum, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and i recognize you from the pictures as well yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely met sam shaw yeah uh, not a name i've really heard that much of uh, but the wolf king has appeared in some events and stuff um and he um he does actually been watching some games on Discord and stuff more recently. Uh, so it's nice for me to put a name to a face and kind of like work it all out and, and actually try and work that. And yeah, he's a, a lovely guy. Um, games in Sheffield with Chris Baker, Chris FNM. Um, so yeah, lovely to play him. And that was a really close game, actually. Uh, he ran a Donald list rather than the Hunters. And he played in exactly the way that most people would look at in Feast for Crows and go, that's really dumb. But from a high level, makes a lot of sense. He kind of walked up to a token with Donald and stood there and we both stood on one objective per round for the first couple of rounds and nothing happened <laughs> and eventually i was able to bring the activations around and flank him and then get the upper hand but it, he'd waited the game out so well and like tempoed the game so well with awful and things like that that eventually it ended up kind of just it was safer for me to play for the draw on the round we were on and win by table points on board than it was trying to risk it for the win um so i just played out the draw and one with table points um and then something very similar happened in the in the chris baker game in the final played chris fnm and um chris like i've showed his stuff on here tony ground we've rated his stuff zero and not zero <laughs> um i got the chance to see what basically is his fully painted army for the lgt this weekend um in the flesh I'm not going to try and describe it to you in words. You've seen the images here. I can't describe it well enough. And um, and it's really interesting because Chris, like, he's... On one hand, he's like, yeah, they're all right. And on the other hand, he's willing to sit there and, like, tell you all like, the intricate details of how he made them. Like, he was saying the other day, um, uh, one of the guys, uh, Luke, Lucas Aurelius, right? Luke, with all the amazing Starks from the US. Um... Luke had approached Chris and asked Chris about the, the Baylor Sept base and stuff. And Chris said he literally wrote like several pages and took photos and things and were like, 
use this thing don't use this thing use do this don't do this and like literally wrote like a, a full-on guide for luke to use so he could go for like these these miniatures that don't look like they're pinned and magnetized in the bases and things like this i mean okay. i i have a huge amount of respect for chris i mean i mean there's obviously there's, there's a crazy amount of skill and yeah. knowledge and like time and effort that have gone into that and uh I think I think that he's spoken to a lot of people and shared that information with a lot of people and like is really helping quite a few people in the song community up their own game. Yeah. Uh, not just by like setting the standard really, really high, but actually by like helping on an individual basis. I will say another thing as well. He's very annoying as a painter. Because all of these skills that when you're learning how to paint, you look at it and go, Oh, wet blending, that sounds hard, I won't do that. Um Chris literally was like, oh, yeah, I just paint models. And he was like, yeah, I first learned to wet blend like when I first did Gregor. That was my first time I've ever wet blended. And you look at it and go, what the fuck? <laughs> my first time I wet blended, I just ended up with a messy puddle on the miniature that I have to, like, wipe off. <laughs> um, he uh, He's he's superb. And he, he said, oh, I've never learned to airbrush. I've never used an airbrush. You wouldn't believe it was some of the quality of stuff he gets. Um, yeah. And also... I will give him this final shout out. You will see skulls on the bases of his units, right? You'll see tree stumps on the bases of his units. Did you know that these are all things he's hand sculpted and made, and now he literally just reproduces them from sculpts that he's made and then cuts them up and uses them? I, I was aware. I was aware, that, like, of the sheer amount of stuff that he that he sculpts and uh, and proper even old had molds and tells right on yeah, his Etsy yeah. store and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. He's proper proper old school. Uh, if you do real, have the chance to check out uh, Chris Baker's Etsy store, um, do do check it out. Um, I will share a link with it, except I don't have one. Um, so I'll share it in the discords and stuff uh, after Tony Grounds. Um, but do check out his store. Um, and if Chris wants to post a link in chat, he can do. Um, it, some of the stuff he makes, certainly if you're in the UK, you know, it's, it's really good stuff. Um, and he's lovely bloke. Absolutely lovely. And um, and we played a game and it was end of round three uh, that we were approaching the end of. And time was getting near. And basically I looked at the board and said, right, we're going to go for a draw. It's going to be, I think, it ended like a 4-4 draw or something. Um, if we we have time to potentially play another round, Chris, um, if we rush through this one quickly uh, and get it done, or we can just decide, end the game now, basically, and be done. It is the last game of the day. We're pushing on 6 o'clock. Um, and uh, I would win. He had no activations left. Uh, I'd win with points on the table, or I would potentially kill the mountain with a charge, and then get to contest a unit of Lannister Guardsmen, which would give me a standard victory over a minor. Um, and I said, look, it's a raider charge. Okay, you're vulnerable. It's a raider charge into the front of Gregor. I'm probably not killing you. Um, so I was like, I'm happy to call it there um, and not take the risks. Uh, and we did. And we got uh, the draw. Uh, points on top board. Um, there was not nothing, nothing Chris could do at that point, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, uh, and and the consistent part, the the one the one consistent part of these games ending on round three, still seems to be Mickey. No, no. To be fair, um, <laughs> uh, the I game. Mean, the game how is... is it not? How how are you not the consistent part of no, you so... playing tournament games against other people and them ending on round three? Because they didn't. The, the game against Samjor didn't end on round three. It ended on round f uh, five. 
That was a round five draw. No, I'm I'm talking about the games, the games from previous oh, tournaments. Previously, yeah. Durham and yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. consistent thing is that you're involved and the game ends on round three. The well, it's interesting. So Chris versus Brian. Chris beat uh, Brian McGonagley, uh, beat his man's list um, in the round before, and that went over by about fifteen twenty minutes. Um, it was by far the longest game of the round. Everyone had been finished um, for a while before that point so um and even my game which i said literally went to time and we had a draw we'd finished like good five ten minutes before they did uh, at least um so yeah it's it was just you know good playing what well, i would consider good play but definitely uh definitely does show the need for chess clocks um which i'm happy yeah. to play under so. yeah we'll see. We'll, see. we'll see in a few weeks time it's funny because when I play with chess cocks, unlike Carlo, who spends less time and then loses, I spend a bit more time and then win anyway. <laughs> uh, Sag. <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm not. I spend time because that's what, as Carlo would make you know, the observation of, you spend time because it makes sense to spend time and win games. Um, not because I'm better. It's because if you have longer to think about it, you, it's going to be better for you. Um and and that's a good reason chess clock should be used at the LGT, um, certainly for the Invitational, um, which I'm a big fan of. I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah, no, really good, uh, really good event. And the actual thing I wanted to kind of really point out, though, was some people saying, like, negative experience, this, that, and the other. And there was a moment in one of the games, I think it was against Sam, or it might have been against Chris, um, and I just looked... I was literally, I was sat down, and I literally just looked down the table. It was me and Chris on table one, Sam, um, and I think it was Brian. I can't remember who is it, Sam and Brian on table two, maybe? I can't remember. Um, and Steve was down on table three playing against, uh, I can't remember who Steve was playing. Anyway, I kind of looked down this kind of like row of the top tables, and then I kind of looked around the rest of the, like, the hall and stuff. And there's, I got this, imp- there's literally this impression there is not a single person in this room, including one or two guys who'd come down to spectate. I know uh, Pidge was there, um, who was just literally spectating because uh, he couldn't. He didn't think he was going to make the event originally. Aaron was there earlier in the day, um, who was working, unfortunately, so couldn't make it. Gav, obviously, there. And I was like, there's not a single person in this room I wouldn't play a game of A Song of Ice and Fire with and have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, there are 17, 18, 19 people here today. And not one of them is a dickhead. <laughs> um, and it just made me realize, you know, being back out there, that the community is really good. Um, you know I'm really... what they say, though, Mickey? If, uh, if, you don't, if you don't know who the fish at the table is, then you're the fish. <laughs> I learned from the best card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the person of the tournament that everybody's like, I don't want to play that guy, he's a dick. What a dickhead. <laughs> um, no, no, I was really, I was really happy. And... Even better. I was ashamed I managed to uh, miss out on playing against Steve because I really want to play against Steve. But uh, I have to give a shout out because they said I said I'd rinse him. Uh, Brian beat Steve, which Brian was absolutely over the moon with because uh, it doesn't happen often, and Steve was proper gutted with. Um, and Steve ended ended up finishing above him, but uh, yeah, uh, Brian was absolutely well over the moon. And I did say that I really hope Brian absolutely rinses the in his blog <laughs> uh, probably, probably will happen yeah 
No, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but no, it's a fantastic event. Uh, really enjoyable. Um, so, <laughs> we're both that guy, says Dan. It's true. Yeah, but I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> and the difference is, is that I know. I know that I am. <laughs> um, all right, then. So, uh, the kind of prevailing thing I wanted to talk about was kind of my game too. Um, and what we're seeing in Adopticon, right? In the Adopticon event um, happening. And there's been some kind of, I guess, conversation around this. Um, we've spoken about it before, believe it or not. Um, but it is the prevalence, for want of a better term, of double cavalry, double heavy cavalry lists doing well. I'm going to see if I can find the Brathian. Here we go. Is it Zach? This Elden Elden double champs is that glory seekers, um, and we've seen uh, double flayed men Martels. Um, we have seen double flayed men Lannisters. We've seen Knights of Castle Rock running some, in some cases because of the existence of poor fellows. They're running triple Castle Rock poor fellows um, and a bunch of shit. Uh, we are seeing the prevalence of heavy cavalry and you know if we look at the power rankings specifically of um units you are seeing let's just turn it to units for a second um raiders up there warrior sons up there chariots up there no fucking surprise queen's men up there and then you've got champions of the stag second unit up there for brathian Shaggy Dog up there for Starks, probably not a surprise. Mountain that rides, cheap activation up there for Lannisters. And your next slot, Bolton Flame Men, Castle Rock, Tully Cavaliers. Your heavy cavalry are making basically the the rest of the top 10 up um, in terms of options. Um, and none of the others are the surprises, right? The Warriorsons, Adam thing is not a surprise. Um, Raiders and Frozen Shore Chariots, I mean, everyone can tell you Chariots are pretty busted. They're pretty busted. Uh, raiders are just raiders. Insignificant. Raiders have always been at the top. Like, because they're insignificant. People will win games because they put insignificant spam on the board and go, you can't win by killing me. And then people don't win because they killed them and didn't kill them enough. Right. I'm not going to sit here and wax a lyrical as to why raiders get seen high results all the time. Um, cold hands up there, as you'd expect. Hunters up there. None of these are surprises, but I think... You know, heavy cavalry making this cut, it's it's a good thing, right? I, I, I want to say it's a good thing. Some people are saying no. Some people are saying they don't like these double champions of the stag, glory seeker style, turtle, you can't kill me style cavalry lists. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Um... It would it would feel better if the cavalry were winning by their offense rather than by their defense, mm -hmm. um, because 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 people don't don't see cavalry as being a grindy unit, right? Yeah. Like, but when it comes down to it, cavalry in the game right now are one of the grindiest units. Well, I mean, like, just just forget the concept of infantry and cavalry, like really, to be honest, one of them is a unit that has two ranks, which means that its profile doesn't decay really in the same way. Doesn't necessarily mean better or worse, kind of depends. In the in the case of Champions of the Stag and uh, Flayed Men, you've got a better decay effectively. 
you know, you're taking six wounds before you aren't attacking at max ranks, and then you've only got one secondary rank, which is almost always better than, like, infantry's third rank. Anyway, you've got a different kind of profile. But in reality, what you're mostly bringing is an all right movement speed, a three of armor save, maybe a two, a good morale, and on top of, of that, for a really cheap price, get this extra movement, which is incredibly important for not just your threat range, but also to ensure that you don't get charge blocked, to ensure that you don't get outline of sighted, so, so that you can make an attack at all which is where elite infantry fall down, which is like they can just be blocked in so many different ways. So cavalry just are functioning currently as elite infantry, really. Like yeah. in my mind, like you could you can argue with me and say that the Lance Cavalry, the Knights of Castle Iraq and the and um, the Tully Cavaliers are a bit different, that they are, you know based heavily around their lance damage rule. But unless we're talking about high garden, like really light lances, basically all cavalry is actually currently sat because so much of the damage output of the game got tuned down. They're just sat it sat in like sustained combats and they're winning them. And they're bringing extra stuff that elite infantry doesn't. Like, why would you buy an eight-point infantry unit when you can buy an eight-point cavalry unit? In a sustained combat, they're both as good as each other. And the cavalry one does other things as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, you know, we talk about engagement range, you know, much higher engagement range. The ability to choose a target much more easily. Um, you know, one of the criticisms of the Cassie Rock Honor Guard is not that they have a bad attack profile or eight points really it's what you'd kind of expect maybe some keywords mm -hmm. you know but they can kind of spend tokens to get keywords like that's not really the biggest set of issues although we've talked about the fact that lannister oppression or whatever it is is not a good ability the problem is that you're paying eight points for a movement four infantry unit that isn't cavalry like that's actually the biggest issue is that why would you ever take this over flayed men why would you ever take this? I was, oh, because I can switch off abilities. And I'm like, but you can never switch an abilities off of anything that I care about you switching the abilities off. So your ability does nothing. Like, literally nothing. Um, I mean, some people in chat are talking about, like, the the lack of there being, like, any dedicated anti-cavalry. Yes. Um, and, I mean, like, it feels like, you know, like, that the, it is in that pikeman and stuff like that. It feels like the rule that is supposed to be anti-cavalry is, like, set for charge. But set for charge... It's just okay. To, ...to a cavalry charge, right? The only thing that set for charge allows you to do, and it is powerful for it, is it stops you getting flanked because you turn to face after you've been flanked. Now, that is powerful, and yes, it does counter cavalry a little bit, um, but in reality, like... Cavalry can just—they're just happy to just charge you straight in the face. The attack that you make offset for charge, even on like something like on solid pikemen, generally not powerful enough to give any real second thought to the charging cavalry unit. So it's—it's um, it's, it's better for clearing out like trash 
like it's a free attack yeah. to clear out trash like it uh, the way yeah. i view fit, set for charge is almost like a ranged attack as you're running in that's what it's almost like um because and, you don't and, get and yeah and, and lands and lands right which is the best use of set for charge as a card in martels now is used on flayed men like when when your your flayed men get charged Flamemen have one of the best attacks in the game, you know, because of the way Intimidating Presence and Vicious stack to force through damage. Uh, you've got, like, an uh, an okay attack profile with very high potential of another three wounds going through on the, uh, on the Panic 2. So, yeah, like, I... I, I I, think? I can see why I can see why people don't like the eight point cavalry doing well when it's flayed men and champions of the stag because they're not quite performing the battlefield role that you think cavalry should. Yes. Shall we put it in that way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So they're, like, thematically they're, not, they're not they're not smashing holes in enemy lines. On big charges, what they're doing is they're walking up the board a little bit faster than infantry, and just going, "All right, charge me." Yeah, like, and then I'll like, bang you out. Like, <laughs> and yeah, if you do charge me, I'll like, just bang you out. Me. Charge me, I, I, I'll fight you. I just, I just, we'll just stand there and fight, like, and, and I'll win. And um, thematically, I mean, like historically. It works. <laughs> like it, it does work. Like knights, knights were just better than footmen. Like, just yeah. like they were. <laughs> but that's like, what they used to do, didn't they? Uh, I again, Dan will probably rinse me for this one, but I'm sure someone had told me when I was younger um, that the reason you saw knights in medieval combat were always deployed on one of the flanks and everyone was left or right, but both people always deployed their flank, uh, their cavalry on their respective left or right. So what you'd do is run the cavalry into the levy of the opponent and just kill a bunch of peasants. And then you'd be like, all right, you killed the peasants faster than we did. All right, we lose. Off you go then. <laughs> and that used to be medieval combat, which is why a lot of people didn't, like knights, got captured and didn't die a lot. Um, and famous people didn't get killed a lot, uh, is my understanding anyway. Um, so yeah, when it happens, you know, and these heavy cavalry just kind of shrug off footmen and generic bloke, bloke with spear that's kind of what they did yeah as you say um yeah but yeah i mean i don't know what the fix is like then you like like us right right like the prevalence of double flayed men and it just it just comes back to neutrals are a core fucking issue in this game right yeah if neutrals are good then it's a core strategy for everybody to use Yep, and it's just a question of, hey, here's here's this really good fighting block. Mm -hmm. What deck and what commander and like ancillary character NCUs do you want to fill around it? Right, like, um, so the prevalence of blade men, despite the fact that they're not the them, their ranking isn't as dominant as it used to be. No. <laughs> 500 yellow at one point <laughs> yeah they used to be like the number two rated thing in the game right yeah. it was like baelish and then or was it taiko but whatever it like they've always things. been in and around that top position right they've always been wildly um utilized and it's not 
that not that they're too powerful in in a total sense in my opinion it's just that they're invalidating so many other choices mm-hmm. and invalidating um more or less variety so flayed men definitely so um mm-hmm. i i have to admit i like it not because it's not that good in three vote right i like it because i i'm sat here and and kurt said it in chat earlier and, and kind of we're in agreement with um we're in this weird position now where people don't i think and i think carlo it's probably fair to say for yourself as well even though we don't really care what is the strongest we'll just play whatever the strongest thing is i think people are now just a little bit fed up of meta after meta after meta balance after balance after balance of it simply being activations are still damn good people want a game or they want it to be at least a while where there's there's a benefit to running lower activations and we're Mm -hmm. kind of seeing that with the double cavalry lists we're seeing six and seven point activations doing okay you know they're not doing absolutely garbage are you talking about six and sevens now or are you talking about eights Six and sevens aren't doing garbage necessarily, right? Okay. In, I know. Um, <laughs> well, Brathian because... is it Brathian six, right? Um, isn't doing garbage in particular. So are you talking about a six and seven activation list, or are you talking about six and seven point units? Six and seven activation list. Right. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. No. I accept that. I thought you were saying the six and seven point unit range was doing all right because it's not. No, and that's the problem. What right? I'm still seeing is eight and even nine with the one point attachment units. Yep. Becoming worthwhile, but they're still supported by fives and fours. Yep. And as many NCUs as possible. Um. And 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 just like people are so stacked into the six or seven activation range with two or even three just like mega fighty tanky units um i mean hey look like it's it's been a long time since this happened but i still believe that the removal of walder's ability to turn off all abilities was a much more monumental shift in the game than people gave credit for. Oh, I like, agree. You know, like, because the game would feel very, very different, although we would, again, be back in this case where everybody would be using Walder, right? Like, everybody would be using Walder because 100%. Walder would be your one way to just be like, hey, one of your super mega nine-point units, yeah, no ability to I mean, if you actually think, no, if you think of Walder in the current meta, right? This is how this is how insane Walder is in the current meta. Ranger hunters with watch captain, yep. rip. Mance lists. You suddenly yeah, don't have mance. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it doesn't mean the list is shit. Wouldn't be a problem for the meta anymore. No. Um. What else you get? You get champion stag. You wouldn't actually touch champion stag because it's the base stats that are the problem. Yeah, the base stats are actually great. Yeah, but things like queen's men and stuff then maybe limit those a little bit Nightbringers mm-hmm. get maybe hit um shaggy dog well if he still does the one damage uh, shaggy's onto four wounds now so definitely don't use walder on shaggy dog that would be a mistake um 
but things like cold hands you know cold hands would become a little bit shit because he's just a four point walking activation at that point um a lot of the units we're seeing you know my harm offends absolutely obliterated by walder um i'm trying to think what else you yeah. would yeah, you know, yeah. like Wormwood. it would be a very very different landscape if things had a hard counter in that way like yeah problem with it was was that it's like it was so um ubiquitous, ubiquitous it, was, yeah. it, was, it was everywhere with such easy access and such easy use no setup no nothing just just put him down and just like bang this unit no abilities this round um so it was it was too cheap and too widely accessible as a neutral based unit as well like not that not not to play favorites it felt like something maybe that Lannisters could have been given access to, and now instead, you know, they they have they have modern Tywin, but six points for only one round ever. Like I know he does other stuff, but it's a very different effect. Um, I I I think that it's interesting that we are seeing lower activation units perform. Lower activation lists, six and sevens, mm. and people complain, but the stats still say that higher activations are better. Yes. Yeah. So, like, at what point, like, are we going to just accept units for what they are and accept that somebody's paid loads of points for that unit and it should be powerful, right? Like, it's a nine-point unit mm -hmm. at that point. Like, it's 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 two of your units. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it it should be good. And you know, we see Baratheons here. Sixes and like they're holding a fifty percent nearly. Um that's believe it or not, that's a good result for a six activation list. Uh but mm -hmm. you know, Baratheon sevens at fifty five percent, you know, that's 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 good. That's a good win rate. Um the thing is, you know, it's not the best in the game. And, you know, people sit here and say, ah, oh, but like Night's Watch or Free Folk, it just loses to Free Folk. And I'm like, yeah, because Activation Spam's still the best thing in the game. Like, people say, but how do you beat Baratheon Heavy Cavalry? And you just go, how many activations are you running? Because if you're running seven or eight activations against it, you probably won't run nine. <laughs> because if you can get three activations over the top of it, or two or three activations, champions are staggered being attacked in the rear. Like at that point, you you just outmove them, um, and I know people always say this every time. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Um, and Carlo, just before you went away, you played against against Dan, and yes, you rolled ones for defensive saves on Champions of Stag. Right, using one example of one game is not evidence, right? But I can successfully sit here and say that Carlo got pretty damn miffed when Dan used a five-point unit to kill effectively an eight-point unit over the course of three or four rounds, because they just dodged, ducked, dived, weaved, and trapped. <laughs> they did. Uh, yeah, Chronic Trappers, like, absolutely, they, they, they battered my Champions of the Stag one-on-one. -on -one, like, no support. <laughs> Literally no support whatsoever. I mean, there was support. I had tactical approach. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um... <laughs> I mean, it was it was at times an unlikely occurrence, and at other times it kind of wasn't. And um, but 
it was it, it was a bad matchup. Even if he didn't kill me, even if he just frustrated me, his five point unit was absolutely holding my eight point unit out of the game. Um, but again, like it's not evidence because no. you know, I I was still able to win that game on the strengths of other units and other combat. Like, and that's the thing, like mm-hmm. that if if I'm as the Baratheon player obsessed with the success or failure of this Champions of the Stag unit, then I could I could lose the game while doing well with the Champions of the Stag. Or in the total inverse, my opponent, if they're obsessed with killing these champions of the stag and minimizing these champions of the stag, they can achieve that and lose the game still. Right, like when it people often like they they um you know they 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 dislike how how kind of cold I am about the result of the game. Yeah, but to me, like that's all that matters. Like, yes, I enjoy the game. Like, I I I, I play for to 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 enjoy the game, and I don't just play to win. But when it comes down to it. I don't care how you felt about the game. Mm-hmm. If you're like, oh, your list is really, 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 really powerful. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I did win. All right, then it's just like, well, there's no discussion there. Like, you still beat it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if we're having, like, a in-depth discussion about the strengths and weaknesses of the matchup and would it happen the same way again, then that's different. But, like, I hear a lot of people complain about their opponent's list and then beat it. And and I, I like that that blows my mind. Like actually blows my mind. Because either you believe that you were running a worse list and you're just way better than your opponent. In which case, you complaining about their list is you basically just saying you're a shit player. Because your list is really powerful and mine's not, but I beat you anyway. Mm-hmm. Or you, you're accepting that you're also running an incredibly powerful list. So why are you having a discussion about like complaining about your opponent's list? Like, where's the complaint? <laughs> why are you complaining while also doing the thing that you're complaining about? They're the only two options that exist in my mind. Like, and maybe maybe some of the people will say looks involved, but I I just don't accept that it is. I will I will say that I mean because I I self do it myself and I'm like fucking hell. And if someone was mid game, just be like fucking elements i wouldn't be like like call them out or anything like that because that's just in-game frustrations that can like boil over you're like fucking hell i'm playing against this really good thing you know i do it all the time john hunters i'm just like in the middle of a game i'm just like fucking hell because it's just it's like the stress it pushes on you it you have to think about so many things um <laughs> i'm not gonna sit here and say it's a pleasant matchup it's really fucking not pleasant <laughs> it's a bloody yeah. horrible matchup to have to play and think about I can sit here and say Night's Watch are busted. I'm definitely not going to sit here and say, but Free Folk aren't. <laughs> you know, uh, Free Folk are just as busted. Um, and that can boil over sometimes. I get that in players. But yeah, I do I do agree. And I, you see it sometimes like, oh, I played against like a Mel Jacken. And like, did you win? Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like, but Mel's negative yeah. play experience. But, 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 oh, yeah. Just... Playing my game anyway. Or, you know, um, like, another, like the, there's so many of them here. I mean, like, oh, I played against Arthur. God, I hate Arthur. He's so MPE. Blah, 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 blah. Did you win or lose? Uh, I won. So, I mean, Paul, Paul says, 
is win is the win more important than ensuring both players enjoy playing the game? I mean, for a start, like I think that's a really weighted weighted question, right? So like important to who? Right? Like because I, I one person has to win. Mm-hmm. Both players do or don't have to enjoy the game. Right? Like that one person has to win. One person has to lose. If you come to accept losing as enjoyable, then you can both win no matter what. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just your mindset towards the game. Yeah. Like winning winning doesn't have to be the cause of the enjoyment. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, Paul, what and, and probably, you know, in my tired state, not really getting across very well. The win and the way you feel about the game need to be separated. You need to not enjoy or not enjoy the game based on whether or not you win. But you also need to be logical about whether or not you won when you then reflect on the game and particularly reflect on your opponent's list. And I see a lot of people complain while winning, which I I think is the worst possible combination of all the things. Like your your weighted question seems to say that like one person can win at their opponent kind of enjoyment expense. But in my opinion, that will only happen if they win while also complaining mm-hmm. or win while cheating. But like, you know, kind of hope that that part never really comes into it. Yeah. And yeah, I, of course, my most recent thing there, every faction in the game is something annoying that someone will find MPE. And I do believe that to be true. Um, I can list off countless things, which, although not directly said, this is NPE in like literally black and white you can just go onto discourse reddit facebook and you can probably find x number of things that have been said by some player somewhere that they don't enjoy playing against um today someone said they didn't enjoy playing against giants because the scorpions didn't work on giants which everyone who plays the game goes yeah that's pretty fucking weird they should probably work on giants (laughs) but uh but someone says oh they don't like playing giants how do they beat giants and it was kind of like as a night's watch player and the response was kind of like, well, if they're running like two or three giants, just run anything else in Night's Watch and you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> uh, and then in the other hands, and it's like, um, you know, oh, but Mel's NPE, how do you beat uh, Mel as NPE? Because she just burns you from across the board. And I'm like, are you running stuff with good morale? Oh, no, all my stuff's morale eight. Well, maybe you want to start by looking there. Um, Or, you know, maybe you just accept that you're morale eight and you're going to lose models and you find a new strategy. Um, And things like that. Offal always gets complained about. Who else? Um, uh, Who's not actually strong. Because obviously people complain about Mance, but, like, that's justified. (laughs) That is justifiable. He's the strongest commander in the game. Um, I'm trying to think. For me, the difficulty has always been... um... Stone in my pros. opinion, and and this and this and this isn't this isn't like just universally I'm right, other people are wrong. Like I understand that this is not like an extreme opinion, but like not necessarily just like everybody accepts this. 
in my opinion, players should never have to self-regulate the list that they play. That is the job of the, of the designers to not create, to, to create balance, right? I should never have to come into a game and be like, oh, well, we like playing like a friendly casual game here, guys. Like, should I use my shit units today? Like, no, like all units should be good. All units should be valuable. All units should be viable. And therefore, you should never complain about a list that I've put together, is my opinion. Mm-hmm. That is quite an extreme opinion. There is no list in the game that you can field to me which I will complain about your list. Because I can also play that list. Or I can play equally powerful things in practically every faction. Most factions. Right? I will say, though, I will say that if you're going for a, a looking for game or a, I say casual game, you know, just as a game club and stuff like that, I do respect, you know, as a player like myself who might be practicing for LGT, you know, I'm practicing for some big events coming up, maybe. I have started asking people, are you running like LGT style kind of competitive stuff or are you just playing a game? Because if I turn up and I'm starting to put like what I consider to be some of the best lists I can possibly put out on the field in the most powerful faction, and my opponents just casually brought along like I don't know Eric Ironmaker to try out some Greyjoy stuff, um, that game isn't fun or enjoyable. Or like it can be fun; they can still enjoy it. It's barely a game, right? Um, uh, so I have started asking that, and a lot of people will say, "Oh, yeah, tournaments fine," or like play serious, whatever. They, they're not; most people are not bothered. And I'm not asking what they're playing, but you don't want to rail on a guy that you don't know that well, especially if they're a newer player uh, with some kind of like top yeah, tier stuff. But, but see, yeah. that's an issue. That's an issue of um, mm-hmm. of, of a wild disparity. Yes. In 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 both player skill and player list list creation skill yeah um so like th- that that that's a different issue that's and that's the game being a blowout because because yes. it's not an even matchup and that and that again is a problem like i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not hating on you mickey but that's a problem of you not assessing the fact that you're a top rated player and you oh, should yeah. be challenging yourself not 100%. playing with the easiest thing in the game Oh yeah, I mean, if if it right. wasn't for so, like, LGT you know, practice, like, yeah, but and, I, I, and, it, and if, if, you know. if you were to run a specific list to practice, that like you're going to run it in a tournament, and do you know what I mean, like, sure, but like, and 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 yes, you know that 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 is that is a thing, but hmm. I just I just think that oh, if you're not, playing a completely not, new not, player, not not everybody, not one hundred percent of everyone, but like. Not a lot of top players mm-hmm. really push themselves. Uh, they don't explore a lot. You know, like I see, I see them running a single faction a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, I do think that, um, you know, the get the, the game, the game is good. Is it's not like Warhammer Fantasy where like you have a faction, right? Like yeah. people push yeah. by a faction and they just have to stick with it. Um, 
there is there is a lot of movement, particularly in the really active top players. They'll play at least two or three factions and stuff like that. But they still so overwhelmingly gravitate towards the most powerful factions and the most powerful commanders within those factions. Um, and 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 I, uh, I I think I think I think that players can do more. Like you know, if 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 they're talking about like oh. Then there needs to be no discussion about casual versus not. Like it's just mm-hmm. like I'm a strong player and I and I'm I'm always challenging myself. And like right now, my challenge is to be playing with like weaker stuff. And the thing is, is that like the site is entirely built in a way that it will reward you for doing so. Mm-hmm. There is a reason Mikael is number one while having challenged himself to play one of the shittest factions the entire edition. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, I mean, it's the whole point of the badges, right? The whole point of the badges is to get people to play different stuff, um, to try different things. Commanders, hey man, I will sit here and happily say that I played in tonight's watch with Eric Ironmaker, and fuck me, Eric is bad. <laughs> I put 100 ELO on the line over those three games, and I lost every game, because Eric is proper shit. <laughs> um... Yeah. And uh, and it's just a, it's only a number, right? You get it back. Um, but like, mate, there's experimenting, and then there's experimenting. Uh, yeah. I I and that's the problem, right? And this actually leads on to another topic that's kind of been another prevalent one: Mother of Dragons and Othel still not getting the play rates that we'd hope. I mean. We've spoken about it before, right? And the idea that they've got a high... People literally saying now it doesn't reflect the game because they're not highly rated. They're actually lowly rated, but they're higher rated on stats because they don't get played. To which point I say, well, of course, the data is only represented on stats from the data that it has. So if it hasn't got data, it can't represent it. And second of all, it's not hard to click on a commander and see that it barely gets played and to come to the conclusion... Maybe this isn't very good since the patch because its play rate has dropped from 100% down to 10% or 0% in the case of Offal. Um, It is represented, it's just not represented in that nice ELO number which people like to look at uh, on the main faction commanders thing. Um, That's been another prevalent one this week, um, which is annoying. Uh, But yeah. Sorry, what, what, what's been prevailing? Just people saying that Mother of Dragons... Did you not... Uh, uh, did I explain that really badly? It's because, Carlo, people do this. Are you ready for this? They go, Commander ELO, who's the strongest fa- Who's the strongest commander in the game? Othel's the strongest com- one of the strongest commanders in the game because he's second. There you go. That's what they do. Well, I mean, you know, like... The- I see why people do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The I forget what Othel's stats actually are. I mean uh, he's what we've like, seen so far. Ah uh, yeah, no, he, he did drop. He did drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he's not doing well. <laughs> like a twenty percent win rate drop. <laughs> um But like what 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 can you do when uh, you can't he, rep- he's been played he's been played fifteen times in the last month 
yeah. and like other commanders are played like 600 times exactly you can't represent data on something that hasn't been played and then people saying well why don't you reset it to zero and it's like well that's also not necessarily a solution right um it's yeah mother dragons up there as well obviously being uh being a thing um I mean, we can talk about the other really prevailing thing, Carlo. After all this chat about heavy cavalry doing well, who isn't Adam doing Mar well? Oh, Adam Marbrand's oh. doing well. Adam Adam Marbrand yeah, Warriors. I mean, the, the, poll, the polls have been talking about Adam Marbrand Warrior Sons for a while, and he's you know worked his way to the top, and I believe Warrior Sons have worked their way to the Second number one rated unit. unit in the game, right? Second after Raiders. All um, oh, right, yeah. Um, so you know, like. This, so this is this is this is um, something that people never really seem to get the concept of. The stats and the ELO rankings will always lag behind your opinion if your opinion is right. Yes. Right. So, like, if your opinion is that Adam Warrior Sons is really really powerful, and it actually is. And people play it, then over time he will rise to the top. But it will take time for the number of submissions to come in and for the results to start to reflect that. Mm -hmm. People seem to think that like a, a card gets a revision, or, or like Adam Marbrand is released, like Adam Marbrand should be number one. And it's like, well, no, that's that's not the way ranking algorithms work right like the 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 site doesn't look at the card and go oh that's strong let's start him at plus 100 it, <laughs> it just goes all right here's a card it's a zero let's find out if it's strong or weak mm -hmm. and if you're not going to provide it with new information then it's not going to move and it's not going to end up where you think it is um but the the things that actually are strong do rise to the top and things that are weak generally languish in and around the middle never getting played again and yes round a zero. problem with awful uh or other really high rated stuff that it doesn't drop because people refuse to give the site new information they refuse like they're flat out refuse to play this commander i mean yeah. Uh, I've got stats here. He has gone from a 26% pick rate, and that, don't forget, is actually when people were very heavily self-moderating, and many, many people were boycotting playing him, and he was still played in a quarter of all Night's Watch games. And he's now down to below 5% of all games. People are playing him less than a fifth of the time that they used to he's not going to ever end up in the right position just in the same way as things that have never been played are sat languishing at zero and we never know whether or not they're strong or powerful like is not brilliant at coming to an accurate rating the things that people think are so terrible that they won't play because you need you need game threshold numbers, right? You need a certain number of games to give it any form of confidence in in the rankings and allow it to. Uh, I always use the term mature, right? I don't know if that's the right terminology, but the data matures to a point where it's 
it's more accurate the site can be a bit more kind of yeah no that's pretty good um and i mean there's there's stuff on here that there you go let's have a look at Ed edison todd tollet dollar said how many games has he got he's got two games he has a 50 percent win rate <laughs> he is not picked does that mean he's roughly middle of the pack at plus 9.9 no he's played two games like literally if if you can draw a conclusion that he's good or bad off two games you can't but what remember you can when, draw yeah remember when everybody was losing their mind about yarn yeah yeah yarn ncu the wandering crow yeah yeah how many games has he had 61 let's be fair to him he's sad 61 72 percent win rate over the past couple of months <laughs> i was gonna say that's, that's a pretty scary win rate for the last two months um Ouch. Uh, but what, 60% overall, which is not far off the Night's Watch average anyway? I think... I think Yorin is a good door encounter. No? Well, you run around with Doran being like, oh, late game, I'm going to start scoring loads of points. I'm just like, late game, I'm just going to have more units. And, and while you're faffing on like going to take in the right zones i'm just like yeah i'll just i'll just take i'll take crowns again you take your zone i'll take crowns you take your zone i'll take crowns blue you block crown or i'll try and block yours maybe it works maybe it doesn't i haven't really thought it through i forget that yoran's replaceability is only on crowns isn't it i was thinking you have to replace every time you with like yoran in order to get the tokens but you don't that is interesting. Yeah, because that is interesting. As, as, Kurt, as Kurt says, they, they're both applying pressure to the tactics board, and they're both threatening and applying late game pressure. But does it really? But basically, like it allows you to play far more aggressively as you'd hope. It allows you to play far more aggressively as the Night's Watch player, knowing that you'll be able to bring in. He's reinforced at the end. I guess the problem the problem you've got is can you afford to give up six victory points in theory, assuming that Doran does his thing? Um, can you afford to give up the six victory points and then win anyway? Um, probably just not, right? No, that's the problem. That's the problem with Doran. Um, so you're in Doran. You know what? I wonder if Doran would be balanced if it was a one point. Would you? Would anybody play him if it was a point around, not two points around? Don't know. I'd have to see. I, I haven't seen enough games with Doran. It's interesting. Like Jacob doesn't use Doran in his Martel list. He does, typically doesn't run Doran. Um, and that style of gameplay he uses a Harmonella kind of just. I'm going to beat you on the field. Um, shit. Number two, come off it. <laughs> number one loser. Number one loser. I like Mikel, who only plays Gracious and loses. <laughs> And he's that, that highly rated. It takes him that many losses to get dropped down. Um, so who's going to win Adopticon? Who's going to win Adopticon? Right, that was uh, that's where we were at, wasn't it? Um, who's going to win Adopticon? Let's actually have a look at it. Uh, currently at the top, we've got Dakota, Mikel, uh, Wands. Uh, Rhaegar's doing well. That's good to see. Uh, Bob, Larks, Jesse, Brett. Do you know how many that is? I did know. I think it's August the 20th, October the 23rd. 
So they've just started round three. Uh, round four, round five, round six, round seven, round eight rounds, I think. You I think, think it's eight rounds? You think they're going the whole way? I think it's about eight rounds, but I think that depends if they're doing the whole 128, right? So I'm guessing they're not going to need that for 59 players. They might only play six rounds. Don't actually know. I don't know. Um... I mean, you don't need any amount of rounds in an ELO event. No, you don't. You can play uh, one round. <laughs> but if they wanted to play a 128, they could do a 128. Like, if they wanted to play a full bracket uh, a 128, I guess that was the original plan, even if they don't need to. But then um, it sort of defeats the purpose of it being ELO. Uh, I know. Well. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't run it. Um, five rounds, says uh, I Willy Bunks. never bet against Larks. I mean, I'm going to pick Larks. Which is actually a little bit of an outside pick, considering that Mikkel's there playing Greyjoys and Lars sitting there playing Greyjoys and currently got a lower TP. Uh, but that can yeah, be... I'm going to go up. I had a quick look. He's already, he's already seen off Jacob uh, in the last round. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm betting on Lars. I haven't even really looked at his lists. I just... Rate dash Germans. You got a pick mix? I don't. I mean, if if I was be super honest, um, I like Lark's odds. Uh, seeing Tom already lose to Mikel. You know, Tom Tyler with neutrals. I thought that might be quite a good pick. There's none of the meta stuff. And Tom Tyler with neutrals is pretty damn good. He can take meta stuff on with those neutral really? lists. You, you can definitely still come back, like, yeah. particularly, like, you know, I think uh, he's sitting pretty high for a win-loss. Yeah, exactly. He's at 15th for a win-loss, right? Which is not too bad. So if he, if he hadn't picked up the loss, if he was on double win, I think I'd, I'd probably say Tom Tyler was in for a good shout. Um, I think I have to go for someone at double win, and you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say Dwan. Ones, I, one I'm going to bat, bat my boy ones. Um, I don't know if he's able to beat Mikel in like a mirror or something. Um, I think Mikel might be a better Greyjoy player. Larks is probably a better player. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I quite like... Uh, I'm going to back my boy. I don't know if he'll win, but I want him to win. Is that is that is that good enough for you? Yeah. 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 But yeah, Larks is obviously a good shout. Uh, and Nathan, actually... Nathan, Nathan says it's five rounds, which actually sort of changes my vote because oh, okay. Okay. there's going to be probably multiple undefeated players, which means that it will go to tournament points. ELO standings. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, that Larks only has a 6.1 could come to cost him um, versus the 6.5 that Dakota and Mikel are sitting on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I'd... Nah, go on. I'll stick, I'll stick with Larks. Stick with Larks. Still... But with five rounds, I'm pretty sure there's going to be two or more undefeated players at the end of it. 
Which means that they'll be separated by ELO, by Commander. Yeah. Which, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Larks is a fine pick. I mean, Mikel's obviously like the, the obvious pick, if you will, if you were just to go off seedings. Um, yeah. Uh, well, good luck to everybody chasing that hammer. Yes. I will, I will say on that point, actually, uh, Larks, um, member of the German community, in case that wasn't obvious with the German flag up there. Um, he, uh, well, not him, but the guys over at Tabletop Warden, they uh, released a video on Greyjoys basically saying, are Greyjoys good or not? Um, the other day uh, in German, uh, I am sure that if you give it a watch and put the English subtitles on, they're not too bad, I've heard, is that the, the translation isn't that bad, um, if you don't know German. And uh, you never know, maybe, if you watch it and give it a thumbs up and say you're watching it with the subtitles, Ilya, Yannick and the guys over there may do some more English-related content. Of course they are German, uh, and they should do it in German <laughs> predominantly, um, but the guys over there, you know, they're pretty good guys. I'm sure if they, uh, if you wanted a brief, even if it was a brief summary in English uh, and some tips, I'm sure they could give it to you if you couldn't pick it up from the video. Um, yeah, I think on another news on their part, this is actually a bit of news. Wow, I'd forgotten about this until I just mentioned it there. Um, the other piece of news, I think, if I can find it is i might be lying to myself now i thought they posted about it earlier you know those lovely um Mickey, Mickey giving out spoilers for everybody else as usual oh yeah 100 um you know those lovely player boards that uh, they have oh, yeah yeah the ones yeah. from german nationals that everybody was asking about yep i am fairly sure ah uh, see i'm not a liar i just can't find the link Twenty-five euro. Not bad. Get that bad boy. It has been sorted out and they're available on uh, Fantasy Welt, German site. I'm, I'm not going to attempt to. So is it is it, is it roughly like a, a four by one or something kind of thing? Um. It doesn't say, but I'm guessing it's yeah. Something like that. Um, Ilya in chat even there saying we will. If Ilya knows the dimensions, that would be really good. Tell us the dimensions, Ilya. Um, I'm guessing it's a 4x1. Um, and Carlo, just so you know, there's danger of suffocation due to small parts that can be swallowed. So no suffocating, all right? You've tried that once before on pizza. Um, well, uh, what's Desmond talking about? What, are we what avoid talking about bronze wording? Oh. Fantastic. Uh, it's uh, what, you what? never seen it? it's four what by one. Really? It is four by one. So that's available if you're on, not on the Tabletop Warden website uh, Discord. It's on the Tabletop Warden Discord. If you're not there, Ilya, drop a link in chat because I can't log into stats because Carlo's logged in and I'm not gonna. Carlo might drop a link in chat. You never know. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. That's uh, as available for uh, for people to buy. Um, I have no idea if there's a limit to the number that they are selling, 
or if they're doing it print on demand again Ilya might be able to let us know um it's probably written in german on the site and i just haven't read it um or not i don't think it's written on there um but yeah uh if anyone wants one you can buy one they were popular uh i might get one i'm not gonna lie should we get one for the club yeah why not um yeah cool what, what, what's going on with bron Come on. what's going on with bron right, right. What, it's what? it's a classic rules debate carlo that's what's going on with bron okay right is his wording changed no i don't think his wording's no. changed i think it's just bron. just like people are now reading it for the first time yeah bronze unit performs one attack action Right. And people are saying, can you have more than one brawn in your list and thus have more than one attack action? So, okay, so we're talking about um, like a, 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 a jack and copy or something? Yeah, like a jack and copy, yeah. What, what else exists? Um, uh, Renly, bring attachment back stuff. Um, trying to think what else might Each exist. time a friendly NCU claims the bags, that zones effect with bronze unit singular performs one attack action. Again, it limits it to be one attack action. So I, I I don't think there's anything there. But personally, for me, there's nothing there because it both l states the singularity of unit, not units, and then yep. it lists that they can perform one attack action. Even if you could target six different brawn units, they get to perform one attack action, not one attack action each. They get to perform one attack action. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a not open the hornet's nest on that one uh, any further. Um, this is one of those ones which, if I was super honest, I would sit here and go, I can 100% see somebody saying that an army full of bronze units could make attacks, and I don't have much of a leg to stand on. That doesn't mean it's right or wrong or whatever, but like, I don't believe that any argument I can present. Will ever convince someone otherwise? No, I mean if you're entrenched in a position in one uh, one camp or the other, there's yeah, there's no rules which won't won't say otherwise. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. All right. Has <laughs> that just has that just been like the main Discord? I have no idea. Argument I'm... for the week. I have like, no idea. I've not seen it. That doesn't God, mean I'm, it's not been I'm, there. I have, I have no interest in what goes in, on in um, Order. Orders of Mace, Order of Maesters anymore. Like that, 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 that place is so dead to me. <laughs> Don't know what you mean, Carlo. Um, yeah, uh, I have no idea myself where that's come from, but uh, I guess it is a thing. Um, it's a classic, says Desmond. Good. Uh, the other thing I did want to talk about, because it is related to Carlo, Yes, related to Carlo. Targaryens, Carlo. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> you sound you sound really ups- you sound really impressed there. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the current rankings, Carlo? Let's scroll uh, down. I have noticed, but they're slipping down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not quite moving into a not a faction territory, unlike Greyjoys, who decided they really weren't a faction for a while. Um, they are slipping down the ranking. We are finally like Drogo. Basically, Drogo is the only Targaryen commander recording wins positively, uh, positive win rates. And when Drogo starts to drop down, the faction is just dropping down. And, and Drogo's not been recording as many wins. I think, uh, I'll be super honest, I think the Varamir pickup in Free Folk made the Varamir Drogo matchup better for the for the Free Folk player. Um, so I think the, the Drogo. The small number of wins Drogo was pitting, picking up over Free Folk, which were also high ELO effectors, I think are disappearing. In part, as a small thing. Um, I I I just think that the Tog deck is trash. I I agree with you. It's got some <laughs> it's got some nice things. I, I I quite like some of the things, but the package. I, I was trying to like describe the deck before. And the Targaryen deck is entirely based around charging. Like, literally entirely based around charging. Yeah. And you don't have the best charging in the game outside of Drogo Flayed Men. No. No. Like, they, like Drogo Flayed Men might be the best charge attack in the game. But, like, that's literally it. Um... And, and, and yeah, Lee Teddy's right, you know what I mean? Like, uh... <laughs> It's just a it's just a who's who of uh, factions that have totally uh, tanked because that's how the ranking system works, guys. It is. It's entirely on one person and uh, one person alone. Um, <laughs> okay, I mean it's a worthwhile topic to briefly touch on, mm-hmm. right? Which is first of all, guys, all the positions are relative. Yellow numbers are absolute. Minus 21 is not that that negative, right? Like it, it's I mean, and 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 you can see this for yourself if you go to the power rankings and you say two unnamed people, two totally equivalent players, one of them plays Targs, the other one plays anything in the game. It's a 47 to 53% win rate, right? Like, this isn't, this is a trash tier faction. It's just, this is a slightly worse than the rest factions. Mm-hmm. So just because it happens to sit in seventh, seventh doesn't mean a lot. Seventh is just happens to be where they are in the rankings right now. What matters is the number, which is minus 21. Their distance to Starks is not that great. That distance to Greyjoys and Baratheons is also not huge. At mm. that point, they'd be fifth out of nine if they just gained themselves 20 yellow. Right? Was that like 10 wins or something like that on the bounce? If they're assuming none of the other factions are played? Something like that? 20 points is about right? Uh, oh, As an approximation. Really, really depends on so many things. I know, but... Um, so... They're not that low as a faction, right? Let's let's just put that into context. Mm-hmm. Just because they are eighth does not mean that they are 
they, they, they're not even close to being as bad as neutrals. No. Right now, at least. The other thing is, is it's the faction drop. ELO yeah. is a measurement of the things that are consistent throughout all, all of the faction. And in reality, what this really means is of the units that get picked, are they good? And is the tactics deck good? That's what really this faction ELO ranking is. And I have discussed in the past that like probably it shouldn't have such prominence on the front page because it's not the most important way to analyze what's powerful in the game right now. But this is really a measurement of do you have a good unit to build lists around and or do you have a powerful deck? Mm-hmm. And what we see there is Night's Watch, have an incredible deck and a good staple set of units. You've got like Relentless, which is something that you can build around. Free Folk have an incredible stable of units, an incredible deck. They're also very powerful. Lannisters are having a resurgence, which is built almost entirely around Warrior Sons as a unit that they can really build into. Martells, great deck. Baratheons used to be higher, good deck. Greyjoys are having a resurgence, but really I think that they're in the low tier deck status with Starks and Targs. Mm-hmm. And Neutrals actually have an all right-ish deck, but everybody else gets to use their units. And if anybody has a slightly better deck, then they'll just do it better. You actually want to know a slightly level deeper of like what is really genuinely performing at the top level. You should be looking at the commander rankings on the power rankings page. This instantly establishes for you that Mance is significantly the strongest thing in the game. Offal, which, okay, yeah, we've already very much discussed that it's very questionable whether or not Offal should have maintained his ranking as high as it is. Let's just ignore Offal because he's basically the same rating as Donal anyway, who is good and a strong performing commander. Donal is a plus 73. Mance is a plus 120. He's almost twice as high as the next thing. That is a very significant gap in the meta right now. Historically speaking, that's actually quite a small value. That's a much closer than it has been in the past between the top-rated stuff and the next-rated stuff. But you can see how close, two, three, four, five, like there's only 20 points between the next, what, seven, two to eight are all within 20 points of each other. Mm -hmm. But you have to add 50 points to number two before you get to number one. And that is the dominance with which Mance has at the moment. And that is a step deeper into what is the strongest list build, or at least build around a particular commander in the game. It hasn't even gone to the specifics of what is a particular list style with it, particular units. But we start to see that 
Adam Marbrand is what's kind of propping up the Lannisters, the Donal Noy. I know people always think that Jon Snow should be higher. He's in and around that region. Mm-hmm. But this is a much more complete kind of gauge of what is the things to be wary of in the game right now. Um, it is actually an interesting and I believe real effect, which is Mance is a very significant impact. Adam is also a very significant impact. So is Elden as three different faction commanders. There is a very powerful generic Night's Watch presence. Yeah. Night's Watch as a faction as a whole are just right up at the top. They have a very powerful set of units and they have a range of commanders that can still do well with that. There is no standout individual who is just like absolutely their best choice. I, I, I've said this before. I actually think with Night's Watch in particular, the commander you pick is in some ways the least impactful decision you make, which seems really weird because in mm-hmm. every other faction, in every other time we've ever looked at the stats, yeah, it's been the most impactful thing. Like the reason we measure a commander, right? And the reason you chose to measure a commander is because it was basically the most impactful thing outside of units, yeah. which would be too hard to measure at the time. Um, commanders, like for Night's Watch, it almost doesn't matter. Almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, a lot of these commanders don't see a lot of play, and that that again is a problem. Um, you know, but like even that that Vargo, like that Vargo, he saw play. He saw good play. Tournament wins, right? Like yeah. at a time, there was a time when he was popular. There was a time where he was winning events. Yeah. Um, now it's a niche pick. It's it's like kind of weird, but it just shows that like the commander. He's really just bringing like a single extra ability to your list, um, and yes, John has some very powerful abilities and seems to synergize the best. But a lot of the other commanders are actually providing like a more rounded approach. They're they're showing up the weaknesses of a list and giving you different uh, like a different look to the faction as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind kind of forgot where we started. Uh, it was that Targs aren't that bad, right? Yeah. So. The real question of like how competitive targs are, and I really genuinely don't know how far we have to go down, but really you should ask yourself, is where is the first commander that we come to? It's um, still Mother Targs. And do we believe that that represents the faction? It comes down to MOD at 24 and Carl Drogo at 34 being a plus 27 and a plus 14. So notice how the faction as a whole is minus 21, but Carl Drogo, and again, MOD, you can argue whether or not you believe that her rating has achieved where it's supposed to be. Uh, she gets more play than Othel does as a commander, but it's incredibly low. Mm. But Drogo has way, way, way enough results to like reach where his kind of like static point is. And so it's quite low. Rogo as the singular best choice in Targs is worse than a lot of Lannister choices, a lot of Targ, cho- um, a lot of uh, Night's Watch choices, 
a whole range of Martel choices at the moment. Mm -hmm. And anybody else you want to throw in there. You know, like there's there's numerous free folk commanders above, numerous Baratheon commanders above. There's even the best Greyjoy commanders are supposedly better than Carl Grogo is right now. I, I think, I'll be super honest personally, I think Drogo will bounce back. I think Drogo will come up the rankings. I think Drogo will see play. And we've only we haven't got to go back that far. We really don't have to go back that far. And this is kind of like the thing we're talking about, like the initial drop of Targaryen. Targaryens were in the top three. Right? They were competing with like effectively the third list in the meta. Baratheons decided to come up and kind of like challenge that. But Dr Targaryens were kind of like with Night's Watch and Freefoot being the top tier. Targaryens were kind of in there with the club, but basically a second-tier faction. It was Drogo. Drogo was a second-tier faction. I do mm -hmm. believe Drogo will bounce back. What's worrying is that I believe that that's probably the only thing that will bounce back. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. believe... like, and I know you play around with your kind of meme-y Grey uh, Worm list, <laughs> silly number of activations and things like that. Like... I don't actually think it's that good a list. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's not a bad list, but it's not good. And that's kind of one of the best lists you can run, or better lists. Mm -hmm. um, Targaryen is a one commander faction. Yeah. And that's bad. Like, that's really bad. Adam for some points. I really hope Drogo goes and assassinates some Adams. Yeah, but I still don't think that they've got the power to get through three Warrior Sons. No, probably not. Jorah Vets can't be hey. caught, though, right? That's the thing with Jorah Vets. You'd never catch them with Warrior Sons. <laughs> yeah, they'll just run around and and eventually maybe kill you. Uh, eventually, maybe. Probably not. Uh, yeah. There we go. I mean, it was a, a long-winded response, but the point, the point is, is like... Mm -hmm. People put way too much stock into the summarized numbers. Current ordering of these factions. Yeah. And they don't they don't switch on their brains and look at the ranking number. Yeah. And that, you know, a couple of ranking number changes will flip like factions all over the place. But that basically just says these factions are just interchangeable. Then they're they're as powerful as each other. They're all in the same kind of bracket. Um, what you need to look at, in my opinion, with the factions, is if something is consistently one and two, or consistently eight and nine, then it says that it has a core advantage or a core weakness. And I think that everybody accepts the core weakness of the neutrals. <laughs> and I think, yeah. I I, I want to just I, I and this is I just want to point out like if you haven't been watching the graphs, this is the Targaryen graph as a faction, right? Last fifty games, and I know we look should be looking at the commanders, but it's what we would refer to as a spiky profile, right? It has ups and downs. It is it has days where you know what it's had a good run. It's had it won three or four games in a row. Ah, oh, but no, then it drops down. It has ELO shift. Right, and it's trending downwards. Um, the neutrals, for anyone not watching at, uh, at home, the data obviously is a lot less in terms of the rate of data for neutrals. But the simple fact with neutrals is that it's not spiky. 
it literally just trends downwards. It's just trending downwards, and it's got minus 13 in the last 50. Targaryens, who we sit here and just discuss, if they've kind of dropped in the rankings massively, in the last 50 games, they've only lost 30, 33 points. The relative yeah. loss is insane. Right? Neutrals are bad. Neutrals... But neutrals aren't bad. Like, neutral builds are bad. Um, yeah, and, and that, that's the that's their problem is is that they just lack they they lack more than half as many options as everybody else. But, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, so neutrals are bad. They are very consistently at the bottom of this rating, whereas everybody else from Barrows, Greyjoy, Starks, Targs, they've all Lannisters as well. You know, like they've had a churn. They've been low. They've been high. It's as people flavor of the migrate month, almost. To different builds. They 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 move and react to what's what's kind of winning and losing, and individuals kind of like push the faction along and start to bring new ideas forward. Their their performance waxes and wanes, but the consistent staples of the entire edition are that free folk and Night's Watcher at the top, and that neutrals are at the bottom. Yeah, and they have been flat out constants right since season month one, one February yeah. of uh, of season season one, mm -hmm. and that's the consistency. That that's the thing that you're looking at. Taking a snapshot at any given second and then being like, "Oh wow, look, uh, targs are shit," is um, not useful. Mm -hmm. It's uh, very much data out of context. Mm -hmm. You're just looking at the most recent, most recent changes and using the most recent change as a form of an opinion, right? Um, yeah. Also, I'd, I'd really recommend that anybody who's anybody who's not just like looking for, you know, a clickbait comment. <laughs> anybody, anybody who's looking to inform themselves needs to take at least one step deeper and look at the commander rankings. And then realistically, you need to be clicking into those commanders, looking at the data, making your own informed decision about uh, the amount of results that they get, thinking about its popularity, its win rate. Yellow is measuring its impact on the game, like whether or not it's really consistently winning at a high level um, is what's going to create a very high yellow. Um, so, yeah. You know, like uh, take 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 your time. Form form an opinion. Mm -hmm. Look at the data and try and form an opinion. And if like people want help forming an opinion from the data, that's the kind of thing that like I can discuss with people. But uh, I, I just find the discussions are very much just like here this thing, bang, look, it proves I'm right. <laughs> which is so not useful um one thing i guess we'll tackle as like one of the la later things for today um is yeah it is it is the last thing after before tournaments and stuff um is uh pool spurgeon said in chat um with changes making sudden and profound changes to the things like play rates 
um, would you consider flattening the data or flattening the curve of the data or whatever you want to call it, uh, effectively restarting the data collection from zero for future editions or for editions going further? What do you think? I know we've spoken about this before, but... I mean, unless you... They, like if you talk about a new edition, then yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about a balanced batch, no, the answer is no, that's never going to get us a better answer. Because in theory, the amount of things changing is quite low. Therefore, yes, and then like, even, even when loads of things change, less than 50% of the game changes. And so lots of what currently exists is more valid than a complete unknown zero value. Having Offal at zero would be just as bad as having him at second, at 70 points or whatever he's on. Yeah. Um, except, except that people read the first five and then don't bother to look any further. The yeah, only reason yeah, yeah. why anybody cares that Offal is misrepresented. There are plenty of commanders that are misrepresented because they never get played. But people care when he's at the top yeah. because they only read the top and they don't even bother to look any further. Yep. That's the that's, that's the that's the long and short of um, and the moment why awful is a unique problem. Yes, but he's not unique in his problem, which is commanders just don't get anywhere near equal enough play rate. And it doesn't take two seconds to click on awful and find out that oh his play rate's really low. He used to be high and now he's not winning. You can probably fill the rest of the analysis in yourself. Um, all right okay then um we will start to round up then for this week uh i'll show you this image here uh first of all which is really good because what i've just shown you there is an image that is back to front yeah right, that's right. so uh, if anyone can read that that's super super amazing um, also in german <laughs> it is in german and now i've turned it the other way let's uh <laughs> back to front side down german so if you can read it I have no idea. Um, this is uh, something that uh, Killerpin, one of the guys who was attending um, German Nationals, uh, asked me to put together for him. There's an event happening in Leipzig in October. This will be on the front. Uh, this will be on the front um, page of stats eventually when Carlo gets it sorted, uh, and when I give it to him. Um, <laughs> uh, so that'll be in October in Leipzig uh, for there. And he did ask me if I'd give it a shout out and I said I would. So there you go. If you're in the German area of Leipzig, 32 player uh, event um, happening on the weekend of the 29th and 30th of October, which I believe is roughly the same time as the French nationals, I think. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It was like the same weekend. Yeah. So there, there you go. If you're, if you're in the German area, that may be uh, an event for you. Um, all right then. Uh, we also have, coming up, a little tournament called the LGT. Not very big. LGT hype is hopefully going to build. Like I'm, yeah, I'm going to be focusing on the LGT over the next three weeks, and mm -hmm. we're probably going to do an episode just on the Invitational, do all sorts of stuff building up to it. Yeah. Just haven't been able to be ready for it since getting well, back. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, next week, yes, next we'll, week is uh, next uh, week is where we kick it off. Stuff to talk about. 
Yeah, lots of LGT. Um, tickets are now no longer for sale, but if you are interested, um, there is a potential that you'll be able to pick up a late ticket from a transfer from somebody else. So if you are interested, do get in contact. Let myself, Carlo, uh, but ultimately Leet Teddy, who's been managing that, uh, let him know, uh, Chris, Leet Teddy, uh, on Discord. Um, and if you are looking to get a ticket, there may be a chance to move tickets on from anyone, you know, things happen in the world and things have to get changed right um and i'll be super honest like i mean happened to me uh for those of you in the uk i'm not a monarchist or anything but uh the queen died last week and um that's not actually like it doesn't really affect most of us in this country if mp and things like oh but you're you're all really sad and things like that like i'm like nah don't really care too much she was a nice woman though I get the impression she was a lovely person on the most part and great work. Anyway, reason I'm going into this next week, we randomly have a bank holiday on Monday, which means, Hey, we can do a longer episode and start earlier or do some prep. God forbid. Um, but I was supposed to go to Manchester for a big event on the Tuesday and they've now had to rearrange that for another day. Things like that. Shit like this happens like literally a week away from an event at old Trafford. That's cost thousands of thousands to put together. We understand if players a couple of days before the LGT have problems. We hope there won't be many. We really, really hope there won't be many. But if there's a, as a result, if you want to join the rating list, there is a chance that you will get a last minute ticket. So don't worry. Um, all right, then. So other news. The LGT. No, wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have got some events happening around the world this weekend we've got uh fire and blood in poland happening on september uh saturday september 17th uh saturday this week house of the dragon one now we haven't talked about this uh have you been watching house of the dragon carlo i have not watched it at all yet neither have i um maybe there will be more players interested in the game because of House of the Dragon. It is something that we all predicted might happen. Something that we all said would be a big shame if Simon did nothing to promote or kind of get behind that potential new group of players potentially joining. Oh dear. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to see uh, a little homage, if you will, to uh, to that. I wonder. And that's happening in Poland, of course it is. Um, <laughs> we've got an event happening in uh, Bilbao in Spain, uh, the Spanish National. That's wrapped up. Distro Zero? Is that the, is this, yeah, no shit, is this the national, this is the national Spanish event happening this weekend. Holy hell. Why did I think that that I was have, later? I have no idea. Oh. Huh. Check that out. I've heard nothing about it. No. Honestly. There's a lot of people on that list. So, yeah. French. French uh, attendees. See if if a Frenchman can run in and uh, grab the Spanish crown. Because an an Englishman's coming for the French one. Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) I didn't think I I was going. And Elite Teddy's not, is he? Uh, yeah, no, so it looks like they've got Elite about 30 Teddy players. Is, oh, Elite Teddy is now. 
Um, there's about 30 players there uh, signed up. I imagine they've got some more uh, waiting to sign up, getting things sorted. So yeah, that's this weekend. That's a good one to watch out for. Uh, that should be a great event. Um, so that's this weekend as well. We've got an event happening in Gezrat in France. Um, Le Tron de Verne solo. Uh, we've got an event happening in Chelmsford Bunker. And I know that Paul was saying that there are three places left in the Chelmsford event happening this weekend. So if you're in the UK, down in the south area of the UK, head over to Chelmsford Bunker on Saturday for their uh, monthly Clash of Members event. Um, it gets great turnout. They're great, great events. And mm-hmm. I they, always like seeing... They're away from 24, so... Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, you know, it's great to see them play down there as well uh, with a bunch of guys that we know. Yeah. Um, we also have an event happening in Russia. No, I will not read that. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Battlefield of the First Men in Indianapolis in Indy at Family Time Games, which I'm guessing is being run by the guys over at Family Time Games. So like Sir Brett and those guys over there, uh, surprisingly enough, which is great to see. Um I love the name here, Valerian ba- Valerian Barbecue uh, in Helsinki. Mm. Uh, Valerian the... Barbecue does sound good, actually. Yeah, uh, and that's over in obviously in Finland. Um, I wonder if that's uh, Timu and his guys over there. And the thing is, if it is Timu, yeah, yeah it, I think it might be Timu and the lads and stuff over in the, the Finnish event there. Um, this is exactly the kind of uh, the kind of event where they will actually have a barbecue as well. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I think that'll be amazing. I always I like the I like the events they put on by the looks of them. Uh there's also an event happening in Athens in Greece. Good to say. Uh assemble the armies. An event on Sunday in Poland. Uh an event on Sunday in Bergheim in Deutschland. A fifth of that series of things. An event happening on the Saturday uh, the Sunday and finishing uh late Sunday at Texas Toy Soldiers in Texas. I USA. That name. Hmm, that's good. Sounds good to me. Dreadfort, Dreadfort Dallas, Flame Man Frey. I like the name. It's good to see another event in uh, Texas, and then there is a, I believe, a league starting up technically on Monday, uh, which is the Chelmsford League that they're going to run um, for a couple of weeks up there. Which, uh, if you are interested in joining the league and you're going to Chelmsford Bunker this weekend, you may find out about the league that is running if you're not already signed up. So uh do do have a look at all those so that's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve and a league if you count the league uh 12 events starting this weekend i really hope that we'll get to sit here next week and talk about uh what we can see went down at uh, spanish nationals and uh yeah uh be really interested to see what comes out of that one Got the. Uh, I'll see if I can find the list I've got again. Um, is there anyone on the list there that you're gonna, you're thinking is pretty strong shout for winner? Whoops. Anyone uh, on that list? Well, I, I always say never bet against people willing to travel. So you know, like I would say that all four of the French are gonna be strong shouts. Mikel and Rhaegar are the two established Spanish players that seem to be performing like it on the international scene uh like and are well-known names uh teja as well yeah, teja. Um, also very well known 
Uh, I mean, they seem like the obvious shouts to me. Uh, I don't recognize many of the other names, um, but obviously they're all um, they're all going to be pretty uh, regular regular opponents and, and uh, like mm-hmm. clubmates of very good players. So Na- uh, it, look, it looks like a pretty good standard. Nakip and Marcipel yeah. are uh, two friends of Mikel's in his playgroup, and I know Nakip actually has been doing some forays onto the online scene uh, mm-hmm. over the last, not so much recently, but a couple of weeks back. Um, he was definitely online a lot more, and he was doing pretty well. Uh, so he's definitely not a name to put down. But yeah, most of them obviously not names I am familiar with. Cool. Well, best of luck to everybody playing. I really hope it goes well. Um, uh, Chelsea League is no neutrals in non-neutral armies. Good. Get rid of double flayed men lists. Hooray! Everyone is happy. Run your own cavalry. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and no, oh god, no Baelish. Rip. <laughs> um, and yeah, the experienced bunch players going. Uh, they'll, they'll know the game well. I'll be interested to see. Interested to see. Um, and with that, guys, we will leave you for this week. We will catch up with you next week. We'll have uh, probably a lot to talk about. Um, I'll talk about the invitational. Talk about what's going on with that. The players. Mm that have we now basically got the 16 players solidified uh i need to check i think i might have 15 players locked in uh i i, I need to double check my numbers i was getting some people to confirm while i was away but i didn't really yeah um, um, and then uh, and then we'll do all the road to the lgt the post the breakdown from from spain the road to the lgt and then uh and the lgt and what is going LGT to be yeah, it's going to be a great I weekend. One of the hundred English people that are going can fight off the dirty foreigners and uh, actually <laughs> All win. Right, calm down. <laughs> actually win the UK GT this time. Uh, Eleven games back to back with the Invitational LGT. Um, I've been doing endurance. It's American that I said that song shouldn't be. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to go do some endurance training between now and then. Sit on rocks and sit holding rocks up. It's what Luke did, right? Um, I'll just do some Yoda training. Uh, but yeah, no, best of luck to everyone playing this weekend. And yeah, we'll be back next week. I hope everyone has a great week. Um, and we will see you all then. Take it easy. Soon. Ready? Aim. There's too many. Anyone see my mammoth? Oh! Stop it.